This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Rappaport to the Rescue with award-winning animal advocate Jill Rappaport. Welcome to Rappaport to the Rescue. I'm Jill Rappaport, joined by my favorite partner in crime, Bill Berloni, the extraordinary trainer to all wonderful animals that have been rescued. He takes them from the streets and makes them superstars and part of his family. Bill, so great to see you. And wow, you have been on a whirlwind. What a difference a year makes, or two years, because we're celebrating our second anniversary. Can you believe it? I can't believe it, Jill. And the time has just flown. And, you know, doing this podcast has just kept a positive spin on the world for us, you know, being able to reach out and help others during these tumultuous times. So I'm so glad we're still we're still together and we're still doing our podcasts. Yeah, I've been with you longer than most men, let me tell you. <laughs> and two years and counting. And when we first started, Bill, things were really so grim on so many levels for so many people. And for you, thank goodness you and your family were healthy, but work-wise, it was a very frightening time for you. Yes. I mean, like every good business, you know, we had a plan for when there wasn't work, but we had no plan for our world ending in terms of being able to supply food and medical care for our animals. So thank goodness I had the Humane Society of New York where I could work and other jobs, but it took almost a year before we got back on our feet with the uh, entertainment industry. And now two years later, I can't even get a hold of you. Let me tell you, I have reached out to you. I said, come on, we're going to do some shows. Can we wait two weeks? Can we wait? You are so busy. You're on the road. I know a lot of the things are top secret. You're not allowed to say until they actually air or come out. But can you tell us what you've been up to? Give us a little tease and some good juice here. Yes. I mean, here in New York, the entertainment industry, especially the film industry, has come back with a vengeance. There is so much work for actors and tech people in New York, and that included having animals on many projects. And currently, I've got a couple of things I could tell you about. We're doing a mini series based on the book Lady in the Lake, which came out a few years ago. And it's about the race riots in Baltimore in the 1960s. And it stars Natalie Portman. And there were hundreds of animals listed in the scripts over the series. And uh, I got called not to be the animal trainer, but to head the animal department. Wow. Which is the first time, yes, that I've been asked to actually set up the shots. And it's uh, quite gratifying because instead of going in and educating people before the shots are even designed, I'm talking to the directors and the designers. So it's much less stressful going in. And that started in May and it's going to go until October. So I'm in Baltimore almost every other week filming wow. on this project. Disney Plus is doing a new comedy series called Fleischman is in Trouble, starring Jesse Eisenberg and Jesse's character. From the social has, network. Yep, from the social network. And Jesse's character has a dachshund. So, oh, like me. I yeah. love that. Is he a little bad boy like my Oscar Mayer? <laughs> well, interestingly enough, the character wants to appease his kids and he's walking by an adoption fair and he adopts a dog. So kind of inappropriate, this last minute quick thing. At first, the dog obviously needs a little training, but then becomes an integral part of the family and well-loved and well-cared for. So again, it's a comedy for Disney+, Plus, but it's got a lot of good lessons. Oh, the best lesson, adoption. 
you know, opt to adopt. That is so great. And what I love about this project with Natalie Portman, I know that so often you're on projects where you feel a little out of control. You want to be able to work on every level with those animals to make sure they have the best protection. And so many times in so many cases, that's taken away from you just because of the people and the tier of people ahead of you. And now you have total control, which really is the ultimate to being able to protect these animals, isn't it, Bill? Exactly. And ultimately, if the animals are happy, you get the best shots. And at first, the Hollywood people were a little taken back by, well, who is this guy and why is he telling us how to do it? By my second shoot today, they were blown away by the fact that we were getting things in one and two takes and (laughs) animals are happy. So again, continuing to educate people about the sentient nature of animals. They have feelings, you know, and they deserve the same rights and care that other living creatures on the set deserve. So it's a it's a wonderful experience, although I'm sort of breaking a mold. There's no never been an, an animal department in which there was a head animal trainer. So but it's about time. This could start a whole new trend and ultimately be financially very rewarding for this studio because you're really doing the job of two or three people and you're doing it accurately and quicker. Yep. And instead of working through the prop department, I'm dealing directly with the producers. And so I'm having the financial discussions. You know, it's not as if I'm removed from that. So the producers are happy that I'm helping them work the budget and, you know, get the best work out of the animals. And on the other hand, the director and everybody artistic are amazed that the animals are doing so well. So it's, yeah, it's the way it should always have been. Oh, Bill, I'm so proud of you. That is just wonderful news. And on our anniversary celebration today, we're both so thrilled because we started two years ago on this day with the one and only Meredith Vieira. I worked with Meredith for years and you got to meet her because of our relationship and you ended up taking care of her beloved dog, Jasper, which sadly, Jasper is no longer here. And Meredith was so gracious and kind when I said, it's our second anniversary. We need you to kick it off. She said, I'm in. We're going to be speaking to her coming up. And Bill, this is really special for us. We're really coming full circle, not only with her, but also the story of Jasper. It's really great, isn't it? Yes, it's great on so many levels. And for me personally, both you and Meredith provided important moments in my career. You giving me the first network interview, you know, and Meredith bringing me on the Today Show certainly raised my status in terms of the work that I do. And so being here today with both of you, having started our podcast with both of you, you know, and revisiting that is just has a special place in my heart. Oh, thank you so much. But well, when we come back, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. We are going to have our one and only special guest, Meredith Vieira. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone, Michelle Fern here. You know, dogs are part of our family. They're just our fur babes. And we want them to feel comfortable and cozy and above all, make sure they're safe and protected. And that's how Diggs feels too. That's Diggs with two Gs. They're dedicated to improving the safety, happiness, health of your pets. And they have great, smart, stylish, super easy to use products. I love the Diggs Revel Collapsible Dog Crate. And it's not just a crate that you need when you're crate training your pooch. This crate is fabulous for your older dog. Dogs love having a little area they can go in and nest that's just their own. It's wonderful for traveling. If you're visiting people this summer and you're taking your pooch, take the Revel with you. It's a great way to set up a little space for your dog inside the area that you're staying in where they feel comfortable and safe. And guess what? The Revel collapsible dog crate is a cinch to use. 
It's so convenient. You can literally raise it and collapse it with one hand. Very easy to clean and no injuries to paws or jaws. And if you're traveling in the air this summer, make sure you check out Dig's five-star passenger travel carrier. It's small enough to fit right under your airline seat and plenty of space for your pooch. Make your pets more comfortable with Dig's wonderful products. Go to digs.pet and use promo code PETLIFE15. That's D-I-G-G-S dot pet with promo code PETLIFE15 to get 15% off your entire order. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Rappaport to the Rescue. I'm joined again with Bill Berloni and our very special anniversary guest. We kicked off the show with her two years ago. She was on again with us last year, the one and only wonderful Meredith Vieira. Meredith, you're coming live from L.A. Hey, Jill. Hey, Bill. I know you should um, get me to take you to Vegas. We might make a real killing at the tables. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, first of all, sorry to get you up a little earlier, but we were so happy. And what I love about Meredith, and I said this in the beginning, is that the minute I emailed her and said, well, second year anniversary, can you do the show? And this woman has 9 million jobs. She's in LA working. She's all over the place. She said, I'm there for you. We are so thrilled and honored to have you with us. You're our good luck charm. And Bill and I were talking about you in the intro. We have to start, sadly, on a somber note about dear, beloved Jasper. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's been, it'll be a year in November, November 1st. The Jasper passed away 17 years young, oh. lived a really good life. I still miss him. Well, you know this feeling every day so much. We have one of those screens in the kitchen that you can put your photos on and they just rotate them through the day. And every day I come down at about the same time. And it's right when one of the photos of Jasper pops up. And I think it's just his way of saying, hi, kid, (laughs) I'm around. Have a nice day. At first it made me sad, but now it makes me happy. (laughs) Well, yes, just to have them close because when they go, a piece of our heart goes with them. And you know, when Bill and I spoke with you a year ago, he had just survived that incredible coyote attack. I mean, no dog should have survived that at 16 years old. And he was really doing incredibly well. Yeah, he, he actually, that was in 2020, right when the pandemic was starting to gear up. It was June of 2020. And he made a remarkable recovery. He should not have survived. The surgeon who worked on him said to me, after initially observing him, when I brought him to the emergency care unit, he said, this dog, I've never seen a dog with more will to live. And that's what that really summed up Jasper. He was a scrappy guy. And he made it through. And then I became the Clara Barton of my neighborhood for dogs. And I... (laughs) He and I, we worked it together and uh, he, he was great. And then unfortunately, one year later, he started having a few strokes and I took him to an emergency care unit again, the same one. They're lovely people. And they said, you know, this often happens with older dogs. We could try to diagnose the issue, but there's really nothing you would do about it. If he has a tumor, it's not likely you're going to go operate on a dog. This, this old has been through so much. And so we were monitoring it and he had one more little one and I just sort of held him and it was okay. And he got his fluids. And then this last time he had a stroke and it was clear. It was greater than that. You know, you know how you know. Yeah, that it's just the worst feeling in the world. You just feel so helpless and you want to be there for them. And then you say, who's there for us? Because the loss is overwhelming. And Bill, 
I think so many dogs, so many animals like Jasper that are so feisty and, you know, really have quite a personality. They seem to really survive extra long and they have a will to live those feisty dogs. Bill, you trained Jasper midlife. You took him in your home and, and basically we're trying to teach him to be a quote, better dog. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Bill. (laughs) We were just going to give him some different set of manners. How'd that work out, Bill? um, (laughs) We tried. We tried. I know you Um, did. You were were heroic. And then he bonded to your wife. Yeah. There was all of that. (laughs) But, you know, the will to live, I think about this often with some dogs because, you know, there are some people I meet and their dogs are 18, 19, 20. And I, I really do believe the will to live has to do with where they're living. If they're in a home that provides them with all the needs that they need and they want to be there, they're going to hang on and fight what may come along. It's so unbelievable. Meredith, I know your cat was very attached. So what's happening with the animal family now? I know you have the cat, but are you going to get another dog? Have you gotten another dog? We have two cats, Felipe and Sweepy. Brother and sister, although they look nothing alike. Felipe is huge. He looks like a puma. And little Sweet Pea is so sweet and tiny, and they are their personalities. Felipe was particularly attached to Jasper because when we got the kitties, we had already had Jasper several months, and he used to carry them around in his mouth, literally, by the scruff of the neck. And the boy cat ended up really thinking, this is cool. The cat, so the Sweet Pea, the female, was just like, enough. <laughs> so she got over <laughs> Jasper, you know, they, they all got along, but as I told you last time, as Jasper was dying, they just sat like sentries at his head until Aww. he passed. It was really incredibly moving. At a time of such sorrow, you could see the empathy that animals have for each other. It was clear that they understood, and they would not budge. They were going to stay by his side. And since then, I think they absolutely miss him, more Felipe than Sweepy, if I'm being totally honest. But they've always been a very social cat, but I think they're even more. We were taping my game show, 25 Words or Less. I was in New York again for this last season because of COVID protocol, and everybody else was in L.A., And I have a little group, a little staff that works with me. We're five all together. And when those folks would come in the house, they would glom onto them. They just loved the attention and they were a little confused. We wrapped up a couple months ago and they were like, where is everybody? You know, this was the party house. What happened? So. Oh, health-wise, they're doing great. Felipe has a little bit of little renal situation, which is very typical in older cats, from what I understand, kidney issues, but totally um, treatable, nothing to worry about. Are you thinking, Meredith, down the road of maybe bringing in another dog again, or the heartbreak is just so great, you need time? I need time. Yeah. I love having a dog, and there's nothing like having a dog, but when I think about Jasper, I don't think I had a dog, Jasper. I think I had Jasper. A fur child. Yeah, yeah. And people have asked me, and people have asked me pretty soon after he passed, you know, maybe you should just get another dog. And I said, it's not that easy for me, for me. I could see fostering, but opening up your heart again like that is a little bit scary to do. And he's not a replaceable thing. Uh, He was my buddy. And I think the day may come, but I'm not pushing it. You know what I think, Jill? And I think you're probably the same way. You know it when you know it. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill, we've talked about this. It's all about the timing, right, Bill? And you've told people that with sometimes they feel, oh, I've lost a dog. I should get another one. But you've talked to people about this, Bill, right? Like the right time is everything. Right. And, you know, people in their effort to make you feel better go, just go on, get another dog. And they don't really and put that pressure on you. But, but Meredith, when the time is right, I think you know somebody who could find you the perfect dog. 
<laughs> Had I only known you when I first got Jasper. <laughs> but you know me now, so. I do. And thank you, Bill. And I really, really appreciate that. And be careful what you uh, say, because I will call you when I'm ready for that, because I think that's a really important element in the equation for sure. But right now, you know, I see I'm, I have quite a few friends with dogs, so I'm like an auntie. So I do a lot about my son, Gabe has the most adorable dog, Arthur. He's a mix of a basset hound and a um, golden. He looks like he's out of like a Looney Tunes cartoon (laughs) because he's so long. You can't quite figure out what it is, but he's adorable, adorable. And so I'm his grandma and I love him. He's a gentle soul, such a gentle soul. So it's fun. It's fun to see. It's fun to see my son and his wife. This is their first dog and the joy that it brings them and all the issues that come with having a dog, you know, and it's awfully fun to watch it from a little bit of a distance and see them become the dog parents parents. that I'm hoping they would. Exactly. And the last time we spoke, you were getting ready for the big wedding. And it came off. It was last September 4th or that Saturday. It was supposed to be the 5th or the 4th the first year. And then it got canceled because of COVID postponed. And the Wednesday before the wedding, they got married in Tarrytown, New York, which is up along the Hudson, Westchester. Three days before, on the Wednesday, there was a huge rainstorm, massive, where so many inches of rain fell in a very short period of time, flooded our basement. If you had seen, we we were sitting upstairs and Allie, his now wife, and I were going, oh, it's so peaceful here. And Gabe said, do you guys have water running? And I'm what are you talking about? He said, mom. <laughs> and we get to the top of the stairs, go to the basement. And you can hear it's coming through the door in the basement. Oh, my God. Well, I looked up at the heavens and said, why? Why? Why are you? I think it was a good <laughs> sign, though. That must have been a good I sign. I guess. I guess we got our brooms and we're pushing the water out as quickly because there were lulls in the storm. And then we thought, great, the worst is over. Then it came again. But fortunately, a few months earlier, we had had wall-to-wall carpeting down there and we just took it all out and put down these tiles. They're like a floating tile. Thank God for that. Everything dried out fine. It was not a a disaster. And uh, the wedding, the most important thing, went off without a hitch on Saturday. It was a beautiful day. Oh, well, Mazel Tov. We're so happy you for so you and, and your wonderful family. And Meredith, every time I turn on any show, there you are. First, I'm watching the Today Show and who's in the audience doing her <laughs> groove thing, waiting for Harry Styles <laughs> to come out, but Meredith Vieira. Yeah, but you know what? That's not how devilish those people are. And you know them, Jill, as well as I do. They saw me. I brought a, one of my dearest friends, Anne Hallowell, her granddaughter, Malka, loves Harry Styles. She's a senior, she and her friend, and she's had a kind of a rough year, like so many kids because of COVID and the isolation. And she called me and said, do you think you could get tickets for the show, the concert? And I said, I don't think so. Um, I really don't. I will certainly try. And I didn't even know that he was going to be in concert. Are you kidding? The former host of the Today Show, a legend, if you can't get a ticket, I give up. Well, what happened was I called Hoda. I left a message and I said, Hoda, I understand the answers. No, I'm sure you have thousands of requests. I just would feel rotten if I didn't ask because this is for a lovely girl and her friend. And, and she called me back and she said the same thing. She said, what is your problem? You hosted this show. Of course <laughs> yeah. you can get a ticket. You know, <laughs> she said, you'll pay for my lunch, but you'll get a ticket. <laughs> but that is what is so lovely about you, Meredith, and why we love you so much. So many people that have had that role, that have had a job as big as yours, would just show up there and say, hey, do you know who I think I am? 
you are the most, <laughs> you have no ego. You're so sweet. You're so polite. You're so kind. You're so unassuming. That is Meredith Vieira. That's why we love you. It's because I do know who I am. I don't want anybody else to remind me, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> sister, we know who you are. But meanwhile, I saw you rocking out to him. Well, he, I actually, he's adorable. And the thing about <laughs> Harry Styles, I mean, now I sound like Mrs. Robinson here, but he, <laughs> he is really good looking guy, but he's very talented. And he gave so much to that audience. It was a terrible day, as you know. I look like a drowned rat. Al Roker made sure that I was put on camera as a drowned rat. Um, <laughs> Look great. And, and pointed it out because I wasn't really prepared. I had it on a yellow slicker though, but but um, Harry Styles, he stood there. He did a whole sound check and performed a song all the way through. It was great. He's a class act. He's a smart guy because he oh. knows how much he needs those people and he really respects them and he's grateful for them. And he will go, well, he's already gone very far, but I think he will continue to grow as an artist because he has humility. Oh, I know. He is just so adorable. Love the hair. The outfits, eh, sometimes, you know, not so sure. <laughs> but <laughs> You know, I know exactly what you mean, but when you're standing next to him, it almost makes you think I could wear that, I guess, you know? <laughs> <laughs> because he does it so well. It doesn't look like, when I see pictures, I go, that guy is a little nutty Luigi. But when you're next to him, <laughs> he, it's fantastic looking. He, he looks great. Switching channels again just last week. And there you are with The View talking about 25 years. You were the first, you were the first moderator. You were talking about your relationships and how things have changed over the years, showing the old clips. I thought that was so fascinating because back then you really were, the whole show was so ahead of its time, but you had secrets you had to kind of respect and observe, which kind of pissed you off a little bit, right, Meredith? Yeah. And we talked to it really honestly about, first of all, I had not seen, well, I'd seen Joy on and off and Deb on and off because she had moved out to LA and I'd done her show, her Hallmark show out here. That's Deb Matinopoulos. Matinopoulos, right. And I think I'd seen Star once, but that's over a course of many, many years. You know, you really do pick up where you left off. But what had gone unsaid during our time together, and I was there nine years, Deb was the first to leave, then I did, and then Star, and then Joy, and then Joy came back. But a lot of it revolved around um, Star, actually, right, and her health right. issues. And I give her a tremendous amount of credit because at the time, and I sort of confronted her in his, not that maybe that's not the right word, but I owned up to our feelings back then. We were angry that we were being asked to act like we thought it was normal. And, and we supported, you know, when she said that she loved her weight and all of this, that we were supposed to just go along with all of this. And she said, you know, I was really depressed. And I could never admit that. And I thought it took a lot right. for her to say that. And I've seen the growth in Star, the emotional growth in Star, and it's tremendous. And I think part of it is she was not a happy person. She could perform as a happy person. She was a very high-functioning, very smart woman, gifted, but she just wasn't happy in her life. And part of that was her health. She wasn't healthy, but she didn't want to admit it. She didn't admit that extra weight was causing her problems because, you know, she was the proud black woman and her size was her size and that was fine. And I get it. But when it became clear that we were in on some of the lying, like the gastric bypass and all that, I felt, I don't want to do that. I didn't sign up to be an actress. We're supposed to be the show that tells the truth, you know, and it, it was, it's very complicated too. And I don't want to say this was star holding it up over us and saying, you must do this or that. This was the show really making a decision. Right. But anyway, Star just talked about, you know, 
her life since. And she got married and then divorced and it was a messy thing. And she did find the love of her life. And he's from all accounts, a fantastic man, has a son that Star has essentially taken as not his mom. She knows she is his stepmom, but uh, loves him to death. And actually, we went to dinner, the group of us, after that shooting at the hotel, the taping. And we were, I don't want to say we were raucous, but we were like we were back to where we were 20 some years ago. And while we were sitting there, he called her just to check in. And you could tell by the way he talked to her, how much he loves her and how much she loves him. I said, Star, I never put you in that category as parent. She said, neither did I. But isn't that special? That's really nice. Because, you know, I worked with Star, too. She was at the Today Show before The View is their legal consultant. And I shared an office space with Star. And boy, was she outspoken. I got such a kick out of her. But I have to be honest, I was a little afraid of her. (laughs) Yeah, no, tough because she was tough and she had that ability to make you scared. Right. And that was her armor. We all have our armor. And that was hers. What's amazing is that you were the moderator, yet you still had to have the force, the powerful Barbara over you. So even though it was a show where you were supposed to express your, quote, views, Barbara had a lot of control over that as well. Yes, she did. I mean, Barbara's the only reason that show stayed on the air. They would have pulled it in the first year because the ratings were so low. But I don't think... You know, the numbers were good. I think the numbers for Star were good. And I think that that sometimes gets in the way when shows are driven by ratings and outside voices. Sometimes they allow things to happen that shouldn't happen. Right. They look the other way. They enable. We've seen it time and time again on all different levels. And it's a slippery slope. And when it involves other people, I find it really problematic. But again, that's all sort of water under the bridge. And as we were sitting there and talking, I wanted to remind Star of something that I believe made it into the piece. I, I didn't see the final piece, but that when my husband, Richard, who is doing great, by the way, he had two bouts thank of colon God. cancer. Yeah, thank God. Knock on his head because it's weird. I'm knocking. And, um, <laughs> the second time I was in hair and makeup when I found out and I was walking through the hall and I was starting to cry. And I said, oh, my God, he has it again. Oh. And Star was in her office. She came out. She pulled me in, and, and this was genuine star. This wasn't phony. She said, let's just take a moment and pray. Oh. And I said to her, and the I said, I'm not a prayerful person in that way. You know, I, I feel that I have, I'm spiritual, but I don't know that that would have been my first thing to do. And it was such a kind thing that she did and totally heartfelt. And I never forgot it. And I, you know, she said, no, I remember that. And I guess it was my way also pointing out, like we had complicated relationships, all of us, but at the bottom of it all, there was a love and a respect because we were forming a family from the ground up and every family has dysfunction. I'm sorry, it does. And we had our share of it, but there also was a real bond. And I could feel it in that hotel room a few weeks ago too. Well, you'll be happy to know that that story, that heartfelt, touching story, which actually brought a tear to my eye, did make it on the air. So oh, that, good. Yes. And I thought, wow, that was another side of Star that I probably didn't realize and didn't know. Yeah. So it's amazing. And Bill and I were talking about you and General Meredith. First of all, Bill, it gives us credit for his career, which is amazing. But you have been such a force in the industry. And forget all the accolades and all the titles. You've had the biggest and best jobs in this business. But yet you and Bill, you agree with me, have remained, as I've said earlier, 
so grounded, so down to earth and so real. What is the secret? Is it that you just were born without an ego? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we all have an ego. We all have an ego. And I think I have a healthy one, but I I don't know. I never drank the Kool-Aid and I, at least I tried not to. And that's, I'm sure I can attribute that to my parents who my dad's philosophy was to get anywhere in this world. You have to be a hard worker and always lead with kindness. Just always. Because it comes back to you. It's a boomerang. You know, if you lead with it, it will return to you some form or another. And it's the right thing to do. So I think I was so consumed with just doing well at what I did that I never stepped back and went, wow. I mean, there were moments where I think I'm so lucky I'm at the Olympics or I'm, you know, I'm tracing my roots in the Azores or whatever it was I was doing. Or I'm traveling here, there and meeting all these people or hosting a game show one week and then a talk show and news and all of those things. And they're great. They're woven into the fabric of my life and I love them all. But I I just never, I never, maybe it's that I'm kind of shy because the stardom part of it always made me nervous. I didn't like it. I knew it was temporary, you know, that that kind of stuff, it doesn't last. So if you rest on those laurels, they're not real. They're all glitter. And it's really nothing under, you know, eventually you can peel off the glitter. And I don't know. I just never quite went there in my head. I also have a husband and three children that would never have left me. And every day I was cleaning up Jasper's poop, you know, so <laughs> things can, you can, life takes on a whole different perspective when you got a doggy bag, you know, poop bag in your hand. Yeah, that's part of life. So, Well, Bill will tell you, in fact, he called me while he was taking care of Jasper. Bill, you can recall that conversation that you were so touched by the way Meredith was and is as a human being. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, to even go on air and say, my dog is a mess and I've hired this trainer to do it is the, but it's the truth. It's part of everybody's fabric of life. And again, that kindness and that truth that Meredith has just came through because I think people learn something. Oh, totally. I, they totally did. But I, I mean, learned you so two much. are two of the kindest people that I've met. I mean, and I think we all gravitate toward each other. It's like, like that secret handshake. Oh, I know you, you're a good egg. <laughs> I want to be in your corner, <laughs> you know? Well, Meredith, we cannot think of anyone that we would rather celebrate our anniversary with than you. You are our good luck charm. We're going to be, as you know, next May, I'm going to be emailing you like it's coming up again. You are so special to us. And I really believe the reason we're still here, I feel like you're the reason. You kicked us off. You're the cornerstone every year. And we just... Oh, see, those are my dogs agreeing. I, yeah, I think he, I don't know if he agrees or is loudly disagreeing, but <laughs> either <laughs> no, they're, one. They're, they're totally agreeing, but we love you so much, Meredith. And again, we know how busy you are. You're in LA now. Anything you'd like to plug? Any new projects? I can't imagine you have something else on your plate, but. I do. I have a special with Kate Berlant and John Early, who are two wonderful young comedians, John Early and Kate Berlant, and they have just completed a project for Peacock. NBC streaming source and it's a special and they asked me if I would be part of it and play sort of a goofy version of myself and they were two comedians had a falling out they were famous at one point and I get the first interview with them after they've sort of come back together to explain what went wrong and so I said my agent Michael Glantz called me and said are you interested and I said let me look them up and then I realized I knew who they were and I said absolutely The funny thing is when I told my daughter that, you know, that I was going to do this, she said, why you? Like joking, but mom, that's (laughs) cool. (laughs) Now you're cool. 
you're with them. They're like really cool. And so we were laughing about it. And I went, I did the scenes with them. And it, a lot of it is ad lib, which always I go, oh my God, where are the lines that I learned? You know, what are you talking about? But then I <laughs> love doing it. And it's just different. It flexes different muscles. And you never know. I mean, I'm lucky that I have a career that's varied enough that people think of me for certain things. They think of you for everything. What have well, you done? Well, I don't know. I mean, seriously, think of all your roles. Other than a porn film, Meredith, what haven't you done? <laughs> oh, well, I didn't tell you about that. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Although that ship has definitely sailed, honey. <laughs> In fact, it's sinking. <laughs> no, it is unbelievable. You have had the best jobs in television, really. And people have looked up to you and have adored you for years. And you just keep on going. You are the Energizer Bunny. And you are so amazing. We're so happy to have you here today, kicking off our second year. And Bill, is there anyone better? Come on. Nope. Nope. And again, she gets the best jobs because she's the best person. That's so true. Thank you, guys. Well, good luck this season. And you better call me in May. Oh, you can count on that. We love you, Meredith. And have a great time in LA. And I know you got all dolled up and you look fabulous, even though we can't see you. I'm going to go out to lunch. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Lunch in LA. How unusual. Uh, Where are you going? To the Ivy? Where are you going? Oh, well, where else would I go? No, I think In-N-Out Burger, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, have a great time and give our love to your family. I'm so glad that Richard is doing so well and your kids are so happy and the cats are good. We love you and thank you so much for joining us on our second anniversary of Rappaport to the Rescue. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.